treat us on St. Claude de la Colombière by Father John Edwards. St. Claude de la Colombière. In some people's minds, not the most exciting saint there is, but in fact a very important one. Two major external events in his life. One was St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. Now she was the mystic, suffering, most loving and devoted apostle of the Sacred Heart, to whom our Lord gave the revelations, the major revelations of the Sacred Heart. And Claude it was who was for some time her director. A second major event was that for some years he was sent to England as the chaplain to the virtuous and delightful Mary of Modena, who was the wife of the Duke of York, who subsequently became James II. And he was there in the time of the Titus Oates plot against the Catholics, and was imprisoned for a while before being banished. The period we're talking about is the late 17th century, end of Charles II, beginning of James II, big wigs, great court intrigues, elaborate society, great politeness, great cruelty, not a period of history I'm much enamoured of personally. Now, what was Claude like? He was a Jesuit, he was a learned man, friendly and kind, everybody says that, he was highly strung and sensitive, and he himself was positive that his big temptation was to vain glory. A talented man, and always with an inclination which he suppressed to be in the limelight, to be thought well of. Well, he was a court preacher, a society preacher, he was moving in high circles and it was easy to see how this could affect him and how he had to fight it. How did he fight it? He did a heroic thing and an extraordinary thing. He vowed to keep the rule of the Jesuits in its perfection. Now there's a lot of strange theology and strange spirituality in a thought like that. But it was a brave thing to do. He sought perfection in little things. And he guided his life in this sort of principle. One must live as if one were already dead and buried. As a man about whom no one thinks any more. A man who is nothing. Sounds a bit melancholy, but you can see what he's on about. He's trying to conquer this temptation of his. Now, confidence. That was the great message that he got from devotion to the Sacred Heart, from St. Margaret Mary. Jesus really loves us. Jesus really thinks we're worth dying for. All that you and I associate with the Sacred Heart, it came to fruition, you might say, first through Margaret Mary, second from St. Claude de la Colombia, who helped move it along, and one must say, 
other eminent Jesuits too. Now, this. Can anyone think of a more amazing compliment? St. Margaret Mary, in her revelations from Jesus, when she complained that she herself, being an enclosed nun, could not move forward devotion to the Sacred Heart, she is convinced that our Lord said to her, I will send you my faithful servant and perfect friend who will teach you to know me and to abandon yourself to me. Jesus said that of Claude de la Colombia. To be called by Jesus, his faithful servant and his perfect friend, and then to be used to teach a saint to know Jesus and to abandon herself to him. What a compliment. And that compliment was made about Claude de la Colombia and we should think very fondly of this great saint. Now very rapidly I'll give you an outline of his life. He was born in 1641, ordained in 1669. In 1675 he became the confessor of St. Margaret Mary. In 1676 he was sent to England for Mary of Modena, and it was in St. James's Palace, that in the Queen's Chapel there, that the first sermons in the world were given on the Sacred Heart in England in penal times. In 1678, this villain Titus Oates and his associates started the tremendous Titus Oates plot, alleging great treasons on the part of Catholics, resulting in the death of many Catholics, resulting in the imprisonment of Claude de la Colombia. In prison, he got consumption. In 1679, he had, after all, diplomatic immunity. He was sent back to France, and with his consumption, he died pretty soon afterwards, in 1682. Now, this is the big quote, in my mind, from Claude de la Colombia. He's writing to a dying nun. If you ever have to write to a dying nun, evidently this is the sort of letter you should write. I will tell you what would do most to give me confidence if they tell me I was as soon going to render an account of myself to God as they tell me you are. That's the way to talk to a dying nun. It would be precisely the number and magnitude of my sins. Extraordinary insight. You see, you and I, with repented sin, sins for which we're sorry, the mess in our lives for which we're sorry about, and have been forgiven by God, presumably in absolution, you and I, with all that, our lives have given greater glory to God than if we'd never sinned at all. Our emptiness has pulled down from God greater mercies than we would have had in the ordinary course of events of his mercy and his love. It's the same thing 
that the priest says at the Easter vigil around the Easter candle. O happy fault, O truly necessary sin of Adam, happy fault, necessary sin, that merited so great a redemption. All the horrors in the world that there have ever been, and the cross of Christ, has resulted in a world that gives greater glory to God than if there be no sin at all. And Claude, I guess, is saying the same thing. I will tell you what would do most to give me confidence if I were soon going to render an account of myself to God, as they tell me you are. It would be precisely the number and magnitude of my sins. So we should thank Claude, if for nothing else, for those words, and for the implicit encouragement to sacramental absolution which it gives, and we should thank him for being the perfect friend of Jesus, so much so that he was chosen to help St. Margaret Mary publicize and give, and to guide St. Margaret Mary in the Sacred Heart devotion. Cause we're loved by you. Love by